Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to For the Girls. We're here with our special mini-sode series for the future, focusing on everything women and diversity and all of that good stuff in motorsport. This month, we are bringing you a very special episode in honor of Pride Month, which just wrapped up last month in June. And today we are very lucky to have two awesome guests, Carrie Sperling from Alpine and then Matt Drew over at Red Bull, both of which are ambassadors at Racing Pride. Red Bull is partnering with Racing Pride, and we're really excited to just learn more about Racing Pride. Yes, we're so excited to have you both here today. Thank you so much for joining. We can't wait to hear more about the amazing work you're doing. Before we jump into all things Racing Pride and diversity and inclusion, can you both just tell us a little bit about yourselves and your roles at your respective teams? Yeah, ladies first. I'll go. I'll go ahead then. So yeah, um, my my name's Kerry. Um, I work at the Alpine F1 team. I've been there for about thirteen and a half wow. years now, so quite a long time. So seen seen quite a lot of uh, um, changes in that time. The team's changed quite a bit. Personnel's changed quite a bit as well. Um, I work in our IT department. My job title is Power Platform Development Manager, which I'm sure you're all <laughs> wondering what that is. It's basically a, a, a low-code um, software development and analytics platform from, from Microsoft, our partners. So, um, yeah, basically our jobs are around making the business more efficient in, in any way we can by utilizing uh, technology to do so. So, um, yeah, like I said, been at the team quite a long time. Um, joined up with Racing Pride uh, I think it was about 18 months ago now, um, I reached out to them personally just to sort of see how they might be able to help us on our um, DNI journey that we were um, putting uh, more effort into at the time and trying to understand what we needed to do. Um, and at that point sort of became an ambassador for, for them and we partnered as well with them starting last year as well. So um, yeah, very much on a on a journey with, with Racing Pride and it's, it's great to see Racing Pride partnering now with, with other teams as well and really growing that initiative. So yeah, excited to be a part of this today and talk a little bit more about what we're all doing together. Over to me. Uh, so I'm Matt. I'm, I've been at Red Bull now for about seven years. This is my third F1 team. Um, wow. I've been, yeah, I know. I've been in F1 now for near, coming up to 10 years. So, but seven of those here at very happy years here at Red Bull. Um, <laughs> so my job is nowhere near as technical as Kerry's. Um, I'm a I'm a production controller. So what we do, um, we exist sort of outside of all of our different manufacturing departments, but we support each of each and every one of them. So you have a production controller supports different areas. I support our electronics department. Um, and what we do is, in a nutshell, any any new part starts as a project. Um, on a designer's design CAD system and then from that point through to delivery to that part on car our job is to make sure that the department the manufacturing department that we support has everything they need to build those bits at the right time and hit those deadlines which as you can probably imagine are quite tight a lot of the time <laughs> um, in terms of racing pride so I'm, I'm actually not an ambassador for racing pride um, but I was it was down to to me who it was just, me who brought them into Red Bull in the first place. So, yeah, I'm just really happy that we that we have partnered with them now. We're only in our first year of partnership. Um, I know Alpine now you're in your second year, aren't you, Kerry? Which is brilliant. Um, yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, hopefully we'll be we'll be following suit fairly soon as well. Great. That's and and Matt, you're involved in other things as well. Um, all things diversity and inclusion within Red Bull, right? You're heading up their their internal organization. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So we, we've got what we call an ERG or an employee resource group, um, which we have for different areas. So LGBTQ plus is one of those areas. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm the, the current group lead on that. Very nice. Very nice. Well, um, how we want to hear a little bit more about, obviously we're enjoying, we're going to, we're going to talk about racing pride, but what does it look like when you're trying to promote internally? Like Matt, you have your ERG, Carrie, what does it look like when you're trying to work within the team itself to promote diversity and inclusion? Yeah, so um, similar to Matt, we've got our own internal um, group, a DNI group that we set up um, a couple of years ago now. Um, the, the, the few of us sort of came together when really discussing this internally, and we're like, you know, we need to we need to be a bit be a bit more proactive about what we're doing in this space and try and get people talking a little bit more and get a little bit more visibility about some of the issues that some of the sort of minority um, groups uh, face in in the sport. Um, so yeah, a group of us sort of came together and um, worked closely with our HR teams and like. Um, trying to work out how we can sort of start that so we, we've had a group that's evolved now yeah for, for the last few years um we've basically gone and got a lot of like allyship training and things like that into our teams and getting people just talking about stuff right um and we're currently going through a, a, a training exercise on neurodiversity as well to try and you know bring some more conversations around that space as well but i think you know there's been a big focus on the um lgbtq plus inclusion with the partnership with racing pride and all of the work that we've done on the respective Pride months last year and this year as well. I think each year we're kind of doing a little bit more, getting a little bit more conversation going and trying to keep that going through the course of the year as well and not just focusing on something just for just for June. And um, we've definitely seen definitely seen changes in that time that we've been running this. Um, I think there's still a lot to do, um, but we've definitely seen improvements. I think now each it feels like each year that sort of June comes around, people are like, oh yeah, we want to keep keep going with these conversations. We actually, people are a bit more like open to it now rather than being like, oh, yeah. what's this all about? All of a sudden it's like, okay, we're, we're here. Yeah, let's keep these conversations going. And and it's actually really opened up some really useful conversations for me personally. A lot of people have come to me and said, oh, I've really struggled with this. Can you help? And those sorts of things. And that just didn't wow, happen before. Huge. Right? It wasn't that there necess- was necessarily any outward animosity towards anyone who is LGBTQ+, but there wasn't also an understanding, there wasn't also that kind of, actually, I do need to think about this, I do need to um, understand that, you know, people around, people we work with, you know, potentially do have different struggles, and it's important that we bring those to the fore so they can be discussed in a, you know, in a, in a forum that's supportive and, and helpful, because I think, um, I don't know whether you'd feel the same, Matt, but in my, my years in, in Formula One, it was just something certainly earlier on in that time that just it just was not talked about it wasn't that there was necessarily a a a real issue as such but it was just something that yeah it was like we we don't we don't discuss that kind of thing so um i think the strides that we've made in the last few years have have really taken us to a place where we can start to mature our thinking around these these topics and and have have useful conversations to take us in the right direction so uh yeah really starting to see some positive impacts as a result yeah that's so great and i think there's so much to be said about like creating the areas and the and the places and just a structure to have these conversations so people can feel more comfortable like like what you were saying exactly yeah i could not agree more so about racing pride we want to dig into that a little bit can you tell us a bit about the organization what made you want to get involved you know you carry as an ambassador and matt you on the red bull sort of partnership side would love to hear a bit about that and what you guys are up to there yeah, I mean, again, I can uh, kick off. Like I said, I, I joined up with them um, 
a couple of years ago now and, and I'd, I'd been following I saw them when they first launched um, on social media back in 2019 and I was like oh that's interesting uh, it's good that there's there's a thing and I didn't really think much more of it at the time wasn't sure sort of where it would where it would go but I, I'd gradually just been following it and there seemed to be this sort of growing momentum um, following um, what Racing Pride had started and yeah like I said I reached out to them to see what how they could potentially help um, our initiatives internally at Alpine and um, yeah just went from there really and, and discussed the opportunity to become an ambassador which um, at, at the time was a little bit a little bit daunting <laughs> for me because it was something that I'd spoken about a lot but all of a sudden <laughs> I was starting to talk about it and people were actually engaging in the conversation which then helped to talk about it more so I was I was happy to to come on board as an ambassador and then um as part of that role I've been you know doing similar things to to, to this um talking to other um firms whether in motorsport or in sort of similar industries who perhaps want to um learn from what we've done and, and talking to them um and basically just sort of sharing experiences and I think that's often the best way of educating isn't it it's actually just listening to people who've got lived experience and being able to um being able to learn from that so that's kind of the journey we've been on and yeah we've had that partnership now for for a couple of years and i think we've we've really learned a lot from that you know there's there's a team of people there who are getting resources together and putting together you know content packs that could be shared with a wider group running workshops all those sorts of things so um it's like a sort of support network i suppose as well if there's something that we feel like but perhaps not well equipped to deal with and we've got something we can actually reach out to another group of people who might have had a similar experience or might have dealt with something in a particular way so it's it's just sort of reaching out having a bit of a wider network um of, of people who can who can um you know talk about these things and like i said talk about their lived experience so yeah i think that's that's been that's been my experience of it anyway matt what does it look like with red bull being a partner um so so we're in our first year partnership at the moment um but it, already we've made such great strides with race and pride that we probably wouldn't have made without them um so picking up on something that kerry said there is uh, being able to have share those sort of lived experiences is such a key draw for us with race and pride um so i i became aware of them in exactly the same way I, I found them through my own social media channels um probably a little bit after kerry had found them because i became aware of them through what they were doing with alpine and aston martin um and just seeing on like on instagram the work they were doing knowing straight away that they, they'd be such a good fit with red bull so getting them on board was it was a no-brainer as soon as we could we we approached them um and i think for for me the the key thing or the 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 best thing with racing pride it is those lived experiences so we we refer to them here as a specialist partner of the team and they're a specialist partner in two different areas because they are specialists in lgbtq plus issues and they do help us with the training there and everything but they are also specialists in motorsport so it's not it's not like a just an outside company coming in and, and delivering training on LGBTQ plus. Yeah. When they are okay. on site, we've got something in common. You know, everyone that works here is into motorsport. The, the people who come from racing pride are racing drivers, and people who have worked in motorsport at all different levels. So to be able to have that that shared experience is, is so key. 
You know what we love about our Tacova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course, you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch, but since we're in New York City, we've been getting creative. I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun, trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core, and they believe in Western for all, handmaking their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tacovas is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap worth $30 for all online orders over $100. Just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. So when you mentioned they kind of come to Red Bull, is that a particular type of programming you all do or what has been kind of your favorite experience with the organization so far? Um, so I don't know if I've got a favorite experience. Um, seeing some of the training that they, so we, the last time that Racing Pride were on site was an allyship training session. Um, oh, great. And we had, we had two sessions in the day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And the morning one wasn't particularly well attended. It was, it was good. There was people there, but it wasn't a packed room. And then the afternoon, there weren't enough seats in the room. And, wow! And and we we think that word of mouth went round of how good a session that was Incredible. to see to come along and see that to see Racing Pride delivering this session to people to colleagues that I work with all day every day, and people were standing around the outside of a room and I knew because I was in the morning session that that was over an hour they were standing in there for. Um, that was that was really good. That was to to see people really buying into it was was brilliant and and yeah right the. the the engagement that Racing Pride had with the team was was awesome. That's amazing. Carrie, how about for you? Do you have any favorite experiences or moments with Racing Pride? Um there's quite a, there's quite a few to be honest. I mean we had a we had a similar day I think to, to Matt's um back in in Pride Month just gone where we did um we did a couple of workshops as well. We had a Pride Day at Enstone and we did a workshop in the morning and then we did one in the afternoon and we had a similar experience where our, our second session was was um, much more well attended than, than the first. And I think we'd, we'd gone round kind of during during our sort of lunchtime and we basically met a load of people throughout the team and were just generally chatting with people. Um, and there was a real appetite to actually sort of for people to get involved in those conversations, um, which, was, which was really good. But um, I mean, I think for me, I had... When we first partnered with with Racing Pride last year, um, and we we launched our sort of Pride Month activities, which was the first time we'd ever done anything for Pride, um, and <clears throat> we had the um, Pride flag at our factory, and we had the Pride flag on our car for the first time um, for um, the races that were happening in June last year, um, and and for me that was that was huge. I it was not something I ever thought I'd see when I came into Formula that. One that such a kind of um, open um, display of support and um, appreciation for the work that we've been doing and, and the LGBT community in motorsport. And um, it was quite emotional, to be honest. Like I said, it was something I never thought I'd see. So that was a real sort of marker of actually, we've, we've done something here, we're, we're making progress. And um, those initial workshops we had last year, when we very first partnered with Racing Pride, um, for me, they've actually 
they've actually cemented some really good relationships throughout my team with with other people so um, I actually have very regular meetings with quite senior people that is all on the back of those initial workshops we had where people are just like I want to understand more about this I want to know how I can help and I think that's been the really enlightening moment is people are actually really keen to understand what more they can do um, but now they now, now they have that platform to ask those questions and to talk about it which before I think a lot of us probably assumed that nobody mm. wanted to but actually people do people do want to support they do want to help they do want to understand more about what they can do um and that's been the real key i think with with a lot of these initiatives is they've they've just got everybody talking and that's been that's been a really um a, a really good experience to to be part of over the last year or two that is so incredible yeah, I feel like historically we know F1 has not been the most diverse or welcoming sport, whether that be gender, LGBTQ, race, all of those things. But, you know, everything from the most basic thing of just being able to have a platform to have a conversation to the more, you know, really touching and rewarding things of seeing a pride flag on a car or not having enough seats for a racing pride event, you know, because everybody wants to to be involved are you hopeful for the next five, 10 years beyond, you know, about where this could be heading and the real change in Formula One? Or do you feel like there are still many challenges to overcome? And if so, what might those be? I, I think both of those, actually. So, I, yes, I'm, I'm really hopeful um, for the future, definitely. Um, you can see just in the last year here, and I'm sure it's the same at, at other teams as well. You can see such a big change. Um, we, I mean, we've got, had a similar thing to what Kerry was saying there. So we, when our group first started, it was about eight people, I think it was, and then off the back of these allyship training sessions and things like that, we were, we're up to, up, and we nearly double that now. We're I think we're 15, and nice. that's off, um, just just off the back of those people are joining, and wow. and the people are they're coming from all over the business, and they they sort of approach you and they're like can we join your group? Are we allowed to join the group? You're like, yeah, yeah, of course you can join the group. Come and join. Like everyone can. And the more you get people doing that, the more you get that conversation going, the more accepted it becomes. Um, but I do think there is still a challenge to it. Um, there definitely is, you know, the, as an industry, it's not old fashioned. That's not the right word, but it is a bit stuck in its way sometimes yeah. in certain areas. And it's things like this and it's things like employee resource groups that are going to that are going to push that boundary and just start to make that change but you can only do it slowly so our our group we our, our target for the year and it is for a whole year is just education nothing else nice. we're not we're not trying to do anything else we just want we call it a year of education and it's purely so that we can bring everyone along on that journey with us rather than force it on people rather than just expect people to be okay with everything we want to educate people and we want to bring them along along with that so we've got um, we've got an overarching um, scheme, I guess you would call it here, which is called Drive for Change, um, and it's an internal thing to Red Bull, um, which which all of the ERGs are part of. So we've got the LGBT group, we've got we've got a gender one, we've got a ethnicity one. We're looking as well at a neurodiversity one as well. All of these are all part of this wider Drive for Change thing, which is really pushed internally. Um, it's on you know internal intranet things like that. So we're, we're pushing this drive for change in all different areas and people are really starting to engage with it now. And, and that's, and that's the future that's you know, in, engaging with that kind of thing and having ERGs that can help to form the future of the business overall. 
I think that's that's a real key to it as well. Yeah, I guess um, yeah, similar sort of thing, really. Um, like like Matt said, you know, it's initially a lot about doing that kind of education piece and, and getting awareness sort of out there. And, um, you know, things things don't change overnight. Um, I think we've made a lot of progress in the last few years, but these are these are quite big cultural shifts in, in how we operate and how we're kind of um, navigating a lot of these sorts of subjects and to some people that's quite new and fresh and to other people we've been talking about it for a long time so it's about like Matt said taking everyone on that on that journey really to make sure we're we're all on the, on the same page and I think um, with our team specifically we've we've grown an awful lot in the last couple of years um, with the various changes that the team's been been through we've we've got a, an awful lot of um, younger sort of graduates interns people coming through now and um, you know they're, they're kind of expecting different things from their employers they want they want that kind of environment to be working in they want that they want that cultural shift and it's an expectation that is good for us right it's it's making us all um challenge ourselves and i think that's that's something really refreshing and hopeful about the future when you look at actually yeah younger people coming through and going yeah we 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 want this to be a better place and um and that's really good for the for the future of f1 i think um, and the more teams we can get on that journey so we can start to shift the feeling of F1 as a whole and it's not just sort of the individual teams because you've obviously got the issue with the we we traveling to a lot of countries that you yeah. know where there, there are certain laws mm-hmm. that are, are really really tricky um, to navigate and um, you know that, that's that's a real challenge for for the sport that we have and I think like we we're saying the more that we can do as teams the more that we can take our values to those countries and talk about our values and and um you know not be afraid to to shy away from those when, when we travel um the world then i think we're in a we're going to be in a better place as well um so i yeah. love what you said about incoming graduates and interns expecting expecting different things we talk a lot about that from like the fan perspective where we have all these new fans coming into the sport very diverse different ages different genders all of that. And I think having like a fresh influx of people always helps to kind of move the agenda or whatever you want to call it forward. So I think that's great. Um, but along that same note, a question that we always like to end our interviews with um, is around advice. So we always get a lot of people asking us, you know, well, we don't even work in F1. We, we podcast about F1, but what it's like or what it what advice we can give around getting the foot, getting our, getting their foots in the door, just general advice for starting, starting out in F1. I think you two would have really, really good um, perspectives on that. So how about just a little bit of advice? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. Um, I, I'd like to say the stock answer is, you know, you work hard, you get a good ed- education, all those things. I don't have a degree. I didn't go to university. I worked through um, uh, IT industry. I grew up, just fixing computers back in the 90s when nobody really knew what they were doing with them and everyone just kind of made it up. Um, and, and I kind of got into the IT world that way. And um, fortunately, I live smack bang in the middle of Motorsport Valley, as we often call it in this country, where all the teams are kind of in a in an area. And I, I grew up 10 minutes down the road from the factory where I work now. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to work there one day. I'm going to work there one day. And I pretty much once I got into IT, I was like, every month I'd be looking at jobs where are they what's happening what's coming up because it was it was always a dream to work in Formula One so I was quite fortunate in that space where I was um and then yeah when when it came along obviously took the opportunity um with both hands but it's um it's not for the faint-hearted there's there's a lot of there's a lot of hard work but if you're the kind of person I think who's super dedicated who 
loves you know juggling lots of different things going on at once happy when <laughs> priorities change and all those things because they <laughs> do a lot um we're constantly constantly doing th- different things but we're you know we're at the forefront of innovation and that's super super exciting um so i think it's just about looking for the opportunities when they're there and uh yeah um but but yeah working hard doing anything you can in the kind of motorsport um area whatever it might be i think you know always gives you probably a little bit a little bit extra so it's just the pursuit of what you love isn't it so it's not always easy but i'm quite fortunate in, in i think my my own journey so I, I i echo that as well and i think i for me it's perseverance as well is such a should will probably play such a big part so i it took me something like 10 years to get into f1 of just constantly wow. writing letters to teams can i get a job can you have you got a job and i'm i'm the same as kerry i've not got a degree i worked in um i worked at silverstone actually because again they're local and i'm from this area so i worked at silverstone for five years and during those five years i was constantly trying to get in touch with f1 teams talking to people who worked in motorsport how can i get a job and it is just perseverance and you're absolutely right i think you with what you say kerry you, you do something related to motorsport no one's expecting you to turn up and and know everything you're not going to so you need to learn stuff like that from from lower down formulas and things like that so but any anything related to motorsport will give you it just looks good on your cv and it gets you in the door for an interview but perseverance because it it will it can take a long time those are two of some of the most inspiring F1 stories I feel like I've we've heard in all of our interviews. That is so incredible. <laughs> yes, those were amazing. Well, Carrie and Matt, thank you so much for taking the time today. This has been a really great episode. I think our listeners will really love it. And yes, we will hopefully do this again soon. And good luck this weekend at Spa. 